The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Mark. I know this song, by the way. (laughs) It's a favorite on everybody's list, isn't it? Welcome, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And kind of a stormy weekend. There was so much to talk about, Carrie. I just think I'm going to play music the whole hour. Okay. Because I don't... I I don't know that's why people were tuning in. I know, but I mean, we're bored with the politics. I don't know. I mean, but there was so much economic data. You know, we had... Chairman Pollitt, a virtual, you know, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. He made new, I mean, he made precedents that, if I don't get to that, i got to talk about that next week. But, of course, first of all, let's get started with the RNC. And, ladies and gentlemen, the first lady of the United States. Did you see the debate, or not the debate, the convention? I watched the highlights, and I did listen listen to her speech. My husband accepted the Republican nomination. I love Melania. Oh, I do too. I think she's very classy. They don't give her a break either. Oh, they attacked. They like made fun of her accent and her outfit. Well, she she wore she wasn't lady in red for this convention. She was lady in green. I mean, she she had the military chick going on for this thing. You know. um, So she got some flack for that. But did you see her on? Thursday night. No, I didn't even watch anything. Oh, you got it. Thursday night. She was in green on Thursday. I did see something about. You got to watch the video because it it was dark. You know, it's outside. It's dark, and the the White House is lit up in white floodlights, and everyone in the audience is in dark suits. Right. So she comes down the steps in this bright lime green gown. She stands out. Like the, the highlighter, it looked like a glow-in-the-dark gown. And so when the pan, when the camera panned back, all you see is the White House, all the dark dressed people, and she stands out. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Who has lost a loved one, and my prayers are with those. But, you know, so, so so I'm glad, you know, and I don't know why she doesn't speak more. Well, every time she does, she gets attacked, in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to her talk, and then I listened to the um, Nikki Haley speech. Do you hear Mitch McConnell? He, no. he Now, he's just summed it up beautifully. I mean, good, good old cocaine Mitch, right? I mean, no... No ongoing speeches with him, right? So just, I remember the one quote was, um, you know, talking about the Democratic agenda, right? You know, they want to defund the police and take away your Second Amendment rights. Boom. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his a second one was a well, great that one. That keeps it, it simple so there's no confusion. And it's it shows the illogical of it. Right. You, you want to defund the police and take away y- your guns. Exactly. How's that going to work? Because out? remember, we needed to take away guns because you had the police that you could call. Right. Or his other great comment was, um, let's see what this is. They want to tax your job out of existence and then send you a government check for unemployment. <laughs> That's a good one. I, again, it's that. And now illogical... I'm going to have to go back and watch. I just needed a. Yeah. Break from um, political news yeah, at so, times. Anyway, so I, I can't get started here. I got so much to talk about. Um, we had jobless claims at a million. I, I mean, we had 
you know, we had the, um, I mean, there's there's still mixed economic news. July durable goods came out good. Um, you know, I mentioned last week that we were waiting to see what the airlines were going to do. That turned out bad, you know, with American Airlines, and they're going to lay off 19000 if we don't get the next stimulus bill. By the way, where mm. is that next stimulus bill? I still think we will get it. I still think it will be in September. Um, the conventions are done. Let the great debates begin. Of course, we had Nancy right. Pelosi. Saying S- Joe shouldn't debate? Yeah. Why is that? Do you well, not it's, it's think- very simple, Carrie. Let me see if I can find her quote. I um, saw I saw one of her headlines. I thought it was very rude. She does not think the president of the United States has um, composed himself in a way that anybody should or had any association with truth, evidence, data, and facts. And as a result, <laughs> any debate with him would just be an exercise of skullduggery. Um, I wouldn't legitimize a conversation with him, um, you know, or debate in terms of the president of the United States. So, you know, that's oh, oh because of, Nancy's all about truth, evidence and right. facts and the um, American people. I don't think so. All right. So but um, so <laughs> lots of talk, a lot of political. But um, one. Um, but again, I want to, you know, I want to get to the case review here, because if you've listened to the show and care, I'll let you introduce the show here in a minute. But um so for the month of August, well, at least for the last couple of weeks, um, we've been con- we've been talking about the tax wrappers, right? And that's the idea of understanding, you know, how you how you own your assets. The title of your assets depends on what tax wrapper they're in, which then you know dictates the type of tax treatment you'll get. While either you're holding those assets, or at the time in retirement when you're cashing in or you know liquidating those assets to provide your retirement income or if you die with them what happens then and again when we're on this show when we always talk about die with them carrie i'm not talking about at the time of the first death right you know there's spousal rollovers and there's all that and free transfer of wealth between spouses so i just on the radio when i talk about dying i'm talking about at the time of the second death if you're married or if you're single at the time of your death right so i try to keep reminding people about that mm-hmm. you know we're talking about when this we are passing the assets to the next heirs or generation right um so the tax wrappers is, you know, how all three of those, you know, you know, how any asset that you own, how that treatment tax treatment is under those three conditions while you're, you know, putting money into them or still, you know, holding them while you're distributing them, you know, for your own purposes or third one when you're passing them at debt. Um, and, you know, and, and the idea, just like as you go through your financial planning phases, you know, while you're working, you're in the accumulation phase. And then when you go into retirement, you're in the distribution phase. And then eventually you're in the passage phase, you know, when you're passing them on. Um, now, a lot of people out there are saying, Mark, I don't I'm spending the last dollar on the last day. Well, that's fine. That's why you don't ask your neighbor what their plan is, mm-hmm. you know. But if you are concerned about the tax treatment at death, if you are trying to leave an inheritance, you know, that sometimes comes into play. It may be important to you. It may not be important to your mm-hmm. neighbor. Um that's why it's you have to build your own plan, right? So, um, and and what we're what we were cross referencing is you know in this you know uh, Democratic versus Republican um, election season, we're hearing now the different sides, you know Joe Biden or Donald Trump, what their tax agenda is that it's going to affect these tax wrappers, wrappers if they get their way, right? Um, so that's what we've been talking about. But um, but regardless of that, Carrie, how long have we been talking about the tax wrappers? Since we've, what, 30 years? Yeah. See, it's nothing new to us. Um, so so I'm going to go through a case example of how we how we use them in a, in a real uh, scenario. Um, so, Carrie, why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that could impact your financial life. Whether you're someone who is working or you're already in retirement, there chances are there are opportunities you may be missing out on or you don't know what you don't know. And we've been around. Um, we are actually sponsored by First, the estate planning team, which is an Ohio-registered 
fee-based fiduciary planning firm. What we are is financial planners. What we do is build custom financial plans and do financial modeling and do objective unbiased analysis so people know um, how to make better decisions about their financial life, how to create the income they need as tax efficiently as possible, and what's when they can afford to retire, what they can spend. We do very detailed plans. Um, we believe if you've listened to the show any amount of time, coordinated plans that talking to other advisors is a good thing and we coordinate efforts. We've been around more than 35 years. We are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's list. And the company offers a free consultation, which right now we're doing consultations either by phone or in person, whatever people are more comfortable with to see if you can benefit. Um, we have people calling in about possible retirement dates. We have people about spending. You're worried about the market volatility. You're worried about the uncertainty and how does that affect my future plans? And maybe you can get uh, it in your head in the next couple of years, but I had all these grand plans or maybe I just want to make sure I'm okay. Um, and do I need to adjust my plan? And that's where we can come in and help people. Now, if you're someone in retirement, chances are with the passage of the CARES Act, um, you have opportunities, which a lot of people you don't want to miss out on, especially if you were taking minimum required distributions. We've talked about on that show with it being suspended for 2020 on both inherited and personal um, minimum required distributions. You have an opportunity that's only available this year, which means you have to take steps this year, but it could make a big difference in future taxes. And if you want to take advantage of a consultation and see if we can help you like our plans are customized or our fees, we have affordable hourly and retainer options. You can call the estate planning team, leave a message. We will get back to you on Monday or go to the website at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Thanks, Kara Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And so when we're talking about the tax wrappers, right, and and there's four of them, right, you know, and I'm going to go through these real quick. If you want to get caught up, go back and listen to our podcasts. You can listen to them anytime you want. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're doing the weekend chores, if you're not up early enough to catch us on Saturday mornings, um, you, you know, or if you're a late night bug and, and you want to listen to something at night, you can always go back to podcasts. So for the last couple of so, so I'm not going to spend too much. Time. I'm going to go with this real quickly, Kara. I'm going to try to do the tax wrappers in three minutes, right? Okay. The first one is ordinary income. These are things that are taxed at the highest income tax rates, right. ordinary income. Think Think of your wages, think of interest on CDs or bond interest, you know, something that is taxed as ordinary income, right? And the characteristic here is they're taxed as you go, whether you spend them or not. Think of your pay, your paycheck, your net, and when you bring it home in wages, whether you're spending all your wages, take home pay or not, you're being taxed on them, right? Think of your CDs. You may have a three-year CD at the bank, but at the end of the first year, you get a 1099 interest. Even though they kept the interest and rolled it in, you have to report that interest taxable in the year that it was earned, right? Taxed as you go, right? Mm -hmm. um, the second one are the tax deferred assets. These are the assets that you own that you're not currently paying taxes on. You're getting compound tax deferred growth. That's a good thing, right? Especially when you're working, especially in your peak earning years. This category also includes what most people think about when we talk about this category are the tax qualified plans. Those are your 401ks, 403bs, 457s, IRAs, you know, um, SEPs, SIMPLES, you know, all the keo plans all those things where when you're working you're putting money pre-tax you're getting a tax break putting into these plans and then you're getting the tax deferred growth and then the idea is that's what you spend in retirement the idea being when you're in retirement you're in a lower tax bracket so then you start taking the income out all right now these are the ones that have the tax qualified plans have these special rules they have the 59 and a half rules and the required minimum distribution rules um and also um these have special treatment when you die. Remember I said the three things we look at the tax wrappers. Their tax treatment while you're owning them and not spending them. The tax treatment while you're taking them out, distributing them and spending them. Or the third one, what happens to the tax treatment when you die, right? Um, now, these ones are the most unfavorable passage assets, right? Because it's called IRD. That's an acronym for income in respect of a decedent. So if I die still owning tax deferred assets where I didn't pay any income taxes and during my lifetime, 
time. And now that goes on as a beneficiary to my children. When they take it out, they're taxed. Okay, the, the, the deferred income tax doesn't go away at death. You know, they have to pay it, and it'll be based on their tax bracket. Okay, so the problem there is in, in a lot of times children inherit their parents' IRAs when they're in their peak earning years. They mm-hmm. may be in their 60s. Mm-hmm. So now on top of their, you know, peak earnings, now they have to take out a, you know, distribution. And under the SECURE Act, so one of the tax law changes that happened last December was that they now have a 10-year period to get that out. They can't stretch it out over their lifetime anymore. So, you know, so that's some of the tax law changes, all right? Um, now, besides tax qualified bond, you still could have other tax deferred assets. Mm-hmm. Okay, double E bonds or I bonds. You know they're tax deferred. Annuities, uh, annuities can be inside an IRA or outside an IRA, right? Um, so, and they're tax deferred. So, you, there's other category, there's other assets in that category as well. Okay, the next more now we're getting more favorable cap- capital. Am I, is my three minutes up yet, Carrie? No. Okay. So the next one is probably next one is capital appreciation. Okay. These are the assets you own, investments, you know, your real estate outside of an IRA um, that gets the more favorable long term capital gain loss treatment, right? Um, You know, where, you know, the long-term capital gains rate could be zero or fifteen percent, or the top top twenty percent, lower than the ordinary income tax rates. If you're in that same for that same taxpayer, right? Um, you get to deduct realized losses to offset realized gains um, and make some lemonade out of some lemons, right? Um, if you if you don't realize the gains, you never have to pay capital gains tax, right? You can continue to defer the capital gains, and this is what currently tax law gets a very favorable step up in basis, meaning if you die still owning capital appreciate assets um your children get to get to inherit those their basis gets stepped up to the date of death value so for example if you had a 50 dollars stock basis and the date of your death it was worth 75 dollars um you get goes to your kids they get the 75 dollars stepped up cost basis at death they sell it because they want their inheritance they don't have to pay any capital gains tax much different than inheriting that ira right um now, then, of course, the final one, the most favorite, everybody's favorite, the tax-free. And these are the ones that, you know, you get tax-free treatment. Now, there's a caveat on this one at, on Pond Passage because some of these are income tax-free to you while you're living, like muni interest, right? Or um, and some also could be tax-free, um, you know, like when you make distributions like Roth IRAs. Um, other ones could be income tax-free at death, like life insurance, you know, the death benefit fit is income tax free to the beneficiary. Um, we also have health savings accounts. We also have college 529 savings plans. Those are some of the other tax free wrappers. Um, but the caveat at death is they're not necessarily all estate tax free. You know, now the federal state tax exemption, we're not too worried about today with the high, you know, uh, exemption level. Um, and Ohio repealed their estate tax in 2013. But as we mentioned on that show a couple of weeks ago, Maybe the Democratic agenda is they might want to start rolling back some of these passage tax fa- you know, favorable assets like step up in basis or may perhaps lowering the estate tax exemption. Okay. All right. That was quick. Okay. But you do need to understand those and to get the best results possible. And that's one of the things that we do for our clients. Right. The other thing, too, when we talk about um, planning is how we use the tax wrappers at the estate planning team is that it, what we try to do is we want to build flexibility for the client, okay? And, you know, we, we, I was mentioning those phases of your life, Carrie, mm-hmm. from working to retirement and uh, to death. And the idea is you always, when you, you always want to be working in the next phase of your financial life before you get there. Mm-hmm. So, so in other words, read between the lines there. You want to begin your retirement plan before you retire. How often do people procrastinate? I mean, it's people's nature to procrastinate. I right. mean, but definitely the people that do that get a much better result. Right. Certainly, it's not. I mean, it's better late than, or better. What is that? Better late. Better late than, than never. Yeah. Okay. And also, you want to work on your state plan before you die, or become incapacitated. Right. Okay. Because then um, it's not your choice. So, so the idea is, you know, to you know, you use these tax wrappers because, because in other words, we don't sit around and complain about complicated tax laws. 
We want our clients looking for the opportunities in those mm-hmm. complicated tax laws, right? Um, we, you know, we, you've got to, you know, you say, well, Mark, a lot of these things I can't control. Yeah, obviously, you can't control how Congress changes tax laws, right? You can't, you know, control recessions mm-hmm. or pandemics or hurricanes. I mean, I hope everyone is safe in hurricanes. That was a tough Laura. one. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't. Yeah, you can't control those things. But, um, you know, you can build in scenarios or modeling in plans that says, what if life throws us a curveball? Am I still going to be okay? You know, sometimes we call that plan R, right? In other words, you build your financial plan A, your financial model looking out for the rest of your lifetime. And let's say that's under what you think is going to happen, making the best conservative realistic assumptions. But then just for fun, you build a plan R. So this year we're calling that the Rona plan, right? Or the recession plan or the recovery plan. You know, however you want to say it. The idea is, well, what happens if uh, it's not as rosy as I think it's going to be? And when am I still going to be okay, right? So that's what financial modeling can do. And that's why, you know, using the tax wrappers provides flexibility. Um, and also, besides that, too, is, you know, team is in our name, not by accident. You know, we believe that, you know, to get a good retirement plan or financial plan or whatever you want to call it, um, the idea is you've got to have your advisors working together. You know, if we talk about the five advisors that may help you, if you're looking for a professional to help you build a plan, you could be the attorney, the CPA, the investment advisor, the insurance agent, or what we consider ourselves as a state planning team, the traditional financial planner, right? You know, so so when we so what we saw in the industry that wasn't happening was that you know people were would use independent advisors. Now sometimes the client does one or two of those pieces themselves, right, Gary? Um, Like investments, right? There's a lot of our clients that come to us because they do their own investments. They're not looking for to hire somebody to tell them what stocks and bonds and mutual funds to buy. They, they're quite comfortable doing it on their own, but they don't have the expertise or the time to really build a detailed financial plan that leaves them in a decision-making mode that, that, that dovetails into their investment, you know, plan. Um, so in anyways, um, but if you are using two or three or four or maybe all five, you know, what we saw is that those independent advisors were never talking to one another. If, if you don't believe me, ask yourself if you at home are listening to this are using two or three, four or all five of those professional advisors, how and they're totally independent. They have nothing to do with each other. How when's the last time one of them recommended to you that they that you have a joint meeting with one of the other? advisors i would guess not very often because i know in our experience when we mention to a client really they usually don't talk to do you think it's good that your investment person talks to your tax preparer or your planner i mean we don't do the investments but we certainly talk to our client's investment advisors or in many cases a client plays the role of the tax preparer or the investment person and you get a much better result right and even if it's a three-way telephone call right it doesn't have how to much be work a- is that to set up you know um not a whole lot no um but you know yeah so if so we do that all the time we've been doing that when for i mean 35 years we've been doing that and and but wealthy families were doing it for a long time. I was going to say, I was, I was just about, say, how do you of, think we learned how to do that? Right. When we had, and our, we have clients, you know, all over the board as far as the state size. I mean, planning can benefit. We have people that have a couple hundred thousand and people have multi-millions and using that model because they learn, they use opportunities. And if you have a smaller estate and you don't have multi-millions, maybe it's in your best interest to use every opportunity to your advantage because you don't have, you know, as much wiggle room or discretionary income or assets to accomplish your goals. So you want to make, you know, every decision is going to give you more net benefit or put your hard-earned dollars back in your pocket. Right. So we learned a long time ago, our most wealthy clients were having their advisors talk to one another. You know, think of the CEO of a large corporation, right? Um, those big bad corporations, right? You know, the, you mean that the, employ people and give people the, benefits and, our, and, and our, help and our economy. And the CEOs are probably <laughs> some of the smartest people in this country. Um, but but yeah, they look at that as uh, the, the analogy, right? In other words, they understand if they don't have 
middle management talking to one another, how good is the corporation going to go? I mean, do you ever hear of brainstorming? You know, the mm-hmm. idea that you've got multiple people coming from different perspectives to work on a solution to the problem you're facing today. Um, you know, the idea that the CEO wants that executive summary, right? They don't have time to go down and talk to every single employee or to, to research every single possible world event or global economic event that may affect their business. They're relying on their middle management advisors to do a lot of that and just bring them a summary. And and, and that's what our, our when we saw that our wealthy clients decades ago, that's what, that's how they did it. You know, they said, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put all my investments with one investment advisor. Um, I'm not going to, I may be using, um, I'm, I mean, I, I'm using a CPA. I'm, I'm not trying to do the taxes myself or, you know, I, I've got um, an attorney, you know, that's talking to my insurance person to make sure whether I, you know, we need to set up the life insurance inside or outside the estate, for example, you know, so it, it, it's, there's a, you know, for a state tax, Tax purposes, you know, passage purposes, right? So, you know, it, it's it's that coordination. So those things together, looking for opportunities, um, coordination of advisors. And that's what we've been doing at the estate planning team for over 35 years. Right. And if you want to find out if we can help you or what we can do, remember, we are a fee-based fiduciary planner. We have objective um unbiased advice that we offer and we have affordable hourly and retainer fees if you need a little bit of help or you want help through every step of the process and we've been around for a long time and thankfully have had some have great clients and we're working with the children of our clients original clients and grandchildren of our original clients so we've been around a long time and maybe you haven't had your plan looked at in a while and you need somebody to take a look because maintenance is important then you could fit maybe in the hourly planning you can call 440-239-2090 leave a voicemail we will call you back on monday morning that's 440-239-2090 or visit the website financialfoodforthought.com the website has link to our podcast. You can sign up for the newsletter. As we get financial news, you're going to be on there. I don't know when we're going to do classes again, but if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll be the first to know. Uh, There's calculators and other helpful information there as well. And that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we've been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 35 years. And the idea is you know, you build a plan, but that doesn't mean that you put that plan into a sock drawer for 35 years. All right. Uh, the whole idea of the discipline of learning financial planning is the idea that, yeah, you've got to maintain it. You know, it, you you built a plan or a model and I get it. You know, all models are wrong, but you know what? Some are useful. And, and that's the approach we take. And the idea is you always try to have your best model right now based on the current best assumptions you can make. But as reality changes one of those assumptions, you know how to go in and modify your plan accordingly. All right. Um, so you stay on track. You, you know, the, the problem is if you don't have a detailed financial plan, you're winging it. You're thinking you're going to be okay, or you don't, or you're making knee-jerk reactions when life throws you a curveball, like the COVID, mm-hmm. or a recession, or a, a you know a major tax law change. All right, um, all these things that are beyond your control. Um, now you don't want to panic. You know you want a way to um, y- you know address that and say, okay, how is this change going to affect me? Again, you don't ask your neighbor how the latest tax law changes affect them. All right, you have to you know sharpen your own elbows and figure out how it's going to affect you, because I'm not sure you're in the same tax bracket as your neighbor. All right, now, um, so in this case study care. So it, 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 this was a couple and we've been working with them for a long time. Um, and when they came to see us, they were already retired. Um, they had a couple of children, Carrie. And, um, one of the things is that one of the things that he was doing in retirement, it was helping one of his children start a business. Okay. that he had a financial, um, capital, uh, investment in. 
Okay. But, you know, at that time, you know, it was all done with attorneys and it wasn't a gift. It was a financial arrangement. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they set up it legally. Third, you know, you know, like arm's length transaction between dad and son. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's a little background. But um, also, you know, so what, what, when they started working with us, you know, we started getting them. We said, yeah, let's use all these tax wrappers, not just one or two of them. Um, and they did end up using them all. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, now remember this, at the time we started working with them, they were concerned about estate taxes at that time. It right. was before the huge rise. Uh, remember, it wasn't that long ago, the federal state tax exemption was 600,000, you know, a little bit different today, mm-hmm. 11 million, um, you know, so, but in any way, so they, had, you know, we had worked with their attorney, they had chosen the life insurance and they had, the attorney had set up the irrevocable life insurance trust as the estate tax avoidance measure. Um, you know, all that good stuff that he was using, um, you know, obviously he was using tax deferred assets. He had also had a lot of non-qualified investments, um, very, and some very, he, you know, he had been investing in stocks a long time mm-hmm. and he had done very well with some of those stocks. I remember one bank stock in particular. Um, but the problem is, is that that one bank stock, although it was very highly appreciated, and it wasn't inside the IRAs for him to, it was getting to be a little overweighted mm-hmm. in terms of his total portfolio, which right. was one of his concerns. Not that he was concerned too much that, you know, the bank was going to fail, but he just was following his investment advisor's advice and to the point right. of saying, yeah, you still don't have too much of your nest egg in one stock. Right. Right. Um, now, um, so we got him and so, so we started using all the different tax wrappers, um, and then, you know, we, we realized, you know, through that process and working with his CPA um, that he wasn't in a pretty good tax position because he could create a lot of um, income through that favorable capital appreciation, you know, that we using that zero long term capital gain rate. Remember, if you're married filing jointly, you can come up above $80,000 of taxable income and still have a zero long-term capital gains rate or a zero qualified dividend rate. So that one bank stock was paying a nice, handsome dividend was really coming to them tax-free. That was part of the plan. We were saying, okay, let's max out that zero long-term capital gain. We were playing the tax limbo game with it, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's your tax limbo game next bracket? Is it the zero capital gains rate? Is it where Medicare starts uh, going up? Is it where, you know, you start getting hit with the Obama, you know, surtax? You know, is it where you lose the uh, 12% tax bracket? You know, you know, where's yours? All right. Um, now, um, all right. So everything was going well until the 2008 Great Recession. Now, it didn't affect him so much, but guess who it affected? His son's His, business. I was, right. Which failed. In the Great Ouch. Recession. Okay. And our client pretty much lost his capital investment in the business. Um, now, so we didn't panic. Okay. Because, again, we knew. I mean, we felt more bad for the son. The son who, had, yeah. you know, who has to restart over again. Right. Um, but. You know, we also said, well, we're just we're going to look in a complicated tax law. We had we got, you know, his CPA was great. His CPA figured out how to write off the loss. And because it was a capital, I'm not trying to get here into the tax law, but basically he wound up with a huge capital loss. Okay, opportunity. opportunity. I mean, that's when you look for. Right. So now we're saying, okay, this changes. We can't let's dust off. We can't make the same assumption. Right. See, the original assumption was that the son was going to repay the loan. Right. That ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, so, but we showed him that wasn't going to financially devastate our client. It wasn't even going to change his lifestyle. Right. Okay. Um, but we also said, can we make some lemonade out of this mm-hmm. lemon? So the CPA worked very hard, did the research, filed the, you know, the returns, and ended up, our client got a big capital loss. Now, you have a capital loss that now he can use in future years to offset any additional capital gains that he incurs. Mm-hmm. All right. So guess what we started doing? 
locking in capital gains right. because he knew he already had a overweighted position that he knew he wanted to diversify to reduce risk further. But if you do it just in general, you we're doing had... it at a time where it's going to create a much different tax picture. Yeah, because now we can incur those capital gains, but we have this business loss to that we can offset it. them and still stay in that zero tax bracket. So that means he got the gains, got the benefit of those stock positions but didn't pay all those tax heavy tax burden okay um now um so so that was so that was the shift in the planning so now we're in a new plan where we're saying okay the plan now is to we're gonna you know get get, you know get rid of now um the next thing that occurred though she dies okay um, so now all of a sudden we have to change the plan again. Now, first you have to get through the post-mortem administration, which we did, you know, now coordination advisors kind of important then, mm-hmm. you know, you know, is everybody on the same page? Do you know what has to get done when somebody dies? First of all, like I said, you better have your legal documents set up before you die. Right. In this case, there was no probate. It went pretty smoothly. Um, we didn't have to worry about estate taxes because not by now the estate tax exemption was way up. Ohio had repealed their estate tax, right? Um, but does that change his plan on going? Yes, one big factor because now he's a single tax filer. So remember, I was talking about when they were married jointly, they could create up to that eighty thousand dollars of taxable income and still be in the zero long-term capital gains rate. Not anymore. Not when you're single. You cut that in half. Now it's forty thousand. So he lost his zero tax bracket because even though, because his lifestyle is going to cost him more than 40000 Now, we also, though, had built up, you know, following the, t- the, the planning, we had always, you know, f- made sure he had a good cash reserve mm-hmm. um, because that's the other thing that can protect you, you know, when, you know, again, at the time of the first death, you know, a lot, you know, you, you don't know when that's coming. Um, you know, the idea is you want to make sure there's no liquidity issues at the time of any, any time of death, mm-hmm. you know, probably at the second death is even more important. Um, but even at the time of the first death, um, all right. So we, we got them through the, you know, post-war administration. Now we, we've adjusted the plan again. Um, and you know, we're saying, okay, you know, now, you know, everything falls over to him you know all the iras go to him you know he has his required minimum distribution um you know he still owns all the stocks um and now he's still following the plan now it's uh, you know we we're changing the tax limbo game because now he's a single filer we have to adjust that okay um so now we're doing that for a few years and then of course we get to 2020 boom mm-hmm. the COVID. didn't see that coming no, um, but did we, but even though we didn't know when the next recession was coming, we had it built in to his plan because he thought at some point it's going to happen. So one of the things that we have, you know, what state planting, we say, well, you might always want to have your plan have the next recession built in, whether you think it's two years away, right. five years away or two months away. Um, but the idea is, you know, and that could be your plan R, right. you know, your plan A is not assuming there'll ever be a recession again, uh, like the investment advisors want to tell you, um, or it's plan R that says, well, what if we do have a recession in the next, or especially if you're making a major financial, uh, change, of course, right. whether you're, you're planning on retiring in that time frame, or buy a new house, you know, or some other big right. financial endeavor. Or maybe you're just worried. Like I had a client call this week. Their plan was running at five, six percent. Perfect. They can do all the discretionary they want. And he's like, can we dial that back to like four percent or three percent and see does that change? Because they're just not sure who's going to get elected. They're worried about that. Or maybe we've had calls where people want to change the inflation rate because they're worried about hyperinflation. It may not happen, but they want to see the impact of that. Carrie, if I don't have time today, you've got to remind me to talk about Chairman Powell's. Because what he said and at, at, at the virtual 
Jackson Hole. It's important. It's okay. dealing with that issue. It's dealing how the Fed is changing course, how they're controlling monetary policy and the threat of high inflation versus the threat of deflation. God, I hope I have time to get it. Not care. You got to remember okay. to talk about that next week. So where was I? All right. So we're talking about what happened in 2020, why we have to revise the plan again, why we have to look for opportunities. We don't panic. We look for opportunities. So now, first thing, he doesn't have to do an RMD in 2020. Okay. Now, remember I said we have, you know, always want to make sure our clients have a good cash reserve. So, you know, if they don't want to take out the, you know, in a year where they don't have RMDs, they don't have to, and they don't want to because they have a big enough cash reserve to cover their spending, fine. It leaves them flexibility. That's Mm -hmm. what we're after. Um, Now, in this case, he had, you know, he had learned even before, you know, we called him about it. You know, he he's a pretty, you know, astute guy in keeping up on the, the laws. And, you know, he knew, you know, right away that, the you know, when Congress said there's no RMDs for the year. So he, after working with that, he was already, you know, the wheels were churning. He was already do, working on his next agenda and the next plan adjustment. And partly he was saying, well, this may be an opportunity for me because, um, I still, without the RMD, he was, guess what, Kerry? He was all of a sudden back in a zero tax bracket. Can't get better than zero. Okay. So, so he was, he had already started discussions with his CPA about how much could I take out, even though I don't have to take out an RMD, how much can I take out and max out zero or even let's max out the CPA. So, well, why don't you max out 10%? It's not that much foreign tax. Right. right? Um, and then, and he, and he liked that idea because he also, you know, with the recession now coming, he was a little bit worried that maybe, you know, his cash reserve was going to get depleted too much on top of the, you know, the, the recession and, and, you know, everything else. He had some home improvements that he was planning, right. and that was going to take up some of his cash reserve. So he wanted to build up his cash reserve. So he said, this is a good idea. I'll take the, even though I don't have to do an RMD, I'll take it out. I'll max out my 10% bracket. I'll put that cash and build up my cash reserve. Mm-hmm. Sounds good? Yep. Then he, then he met with us. Okay. And we said, well, that sounds pretty good, but can we brainstorm on this a little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so maybe we can maybe make it and think about it even a little deeper level. Look for alternatives. Okay. Because, Mr. Client, that's why we have you in multiple tax wrappers, to build flexibility. So when life does throw you a curveball, you don't have to make a knee-jerk reaction. Let We give time to discuss it and maybe come up with the best solution. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. All right, so, you know, so one of the things... We are saying is that, um, you know, even though, you know, he wants to build up his cash reserve, it's a unique opportunity in 2020 when you don't have a required minimum that you, if you wanted to take money out of the IRAs, you could convert it to Roth. See, under the normal rules, you are not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. You can now. It's not allowed. But in 2020, when there's no RMDs, you can. So that amount that he was going to take out of the IRA to max out his 10% tax bracket, instead of putting into his checking account, we said, why don't you put it into your Roth IRA? It could be the same cash position, right? If if he was going to create cash and to stick in his checking account, can he put cash into his Roth IRA? He doesn't have to invest it right away. Carrie, is a, is, is, is a Roth IRA another, perhaps, alternative for a cash reserve? Absolutely. It, it doesn't t- cost you anything to get your money on it. You can, you can leave the cash sitting inside the Roth IRA, but now it's in that tax wrapper forever. Right, and if you don't need it, then it grows tax-free. Or you may want to invest it later on. Maybe when you think there's a dip in the stock market. Like maybe November fourth, mm, yeah. Um, but let's get back. So, so you say, but yeah, but Mark, I always heard that you can't get your tax free out of Roth IRA to it's been in there for five years. Hmm. Well, this is the complicated tax law, and I'm not here to talk about the simplicity or fairness or logic of our tax code. 
just here talking about the rules. Okay, what they're referring to is you can't get the earnings out tax-free for five years. But when you do a Roth conversion, you're paying tax on what you're moving into Roth. That's after-tax money. That becomes your basis in your Roth IRA. You can get that out anytime, I, I, assuming you're over 59 and a half. You know, obviously, we're talking about a client who's in his way over 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is, no, yeah, you just can't get the earnings out tax-free for five years. But your basis, which you can take out first, by the way, um, you know, you can't. So, yeah, so, you know, a Roth IRA could end up being part of your cash reserve. And then if you don't need that cash emergency or at some point later on, you decide I'm going to take the cash that I left in my Roth IRA and now I'm going to invest it. Mm -hmm. In either case, there's no required minimum distributions if it's your Roth IRA. And if you die still owning that Roth IRA, at least it goes to the kids income tax free. Okay. But we didn't stop there. Carrie. He liked that idea, but we said, well, you know, you have, you have a, um, you have a, you know, but even like the idea more Carrie, of investing the Roth. <laughs> and he said, well, but so if I do invest the Roth now, it can't act as my cash reserve, right. Or build my cash reserve. So Mark, now what do I do? I said, well, let's go back to the other issue, which is this capital loss carry forward that you have. Because, by the way, this is an elderly gentleman now. Mm-hmm. We're down to one life. Right. And, you know, the rule we always remind our clients, you know, at home is about capital loss carry forwards is they, guess what, carry? They expire when you do. Okay. If you can remember that. Capital loss carry forwards expire when you do. The kids don't get that. You they don't can't get to pass those to your on to the kids. If you don't use up that capital loss use carry it or forward, lose it. Use it or, you got it. They expire when you do. Okay. Um, now, it's interesting because we, we also, I don't know if I mentioned here, when he became single, he started coming in with one of his children. Okay. We, 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 um, recommend that. See, you know, a lot, it's not a, you know, that generation, Carrie, and maybe you yourself listening, that while there's a husband and wife, they keep the cards pretty much to themselves in terms of financial picture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their children know nothing about their financial. Right. Um, but it's not unusual at the time of the first death, especially if now the survivor is getting up in years, they're looking for the child's help. Mm-hmm. They want to trust somebody. They don't know how to ask either. Yeah, because they, they think they're burdening you because they know you're trying to raise a family in a pandemic and, and stuff like that. But but they and, need, often need help. Um, they, you know, and they need someone they can trust. OK. Um, in a complicated world. So when the daughter, when she did not realize that the capital loss carry forward goes away at death. So her eyebrows went up when I had mentioned that. Um, so, cause how her wheels started turning and it's like, well, okay, so now, so what we have is a situation that we're saying, okay, look at, if you want to raise cash, let's get back to the issue, the, the, the objective of what we're trying to do with your non-qualified stocks. In other words, you have an overweighted position that we want to try to reduce the risk by selling off. Right. And locking in capital gains. We don't have to worry about the tax hit because we've got the capital loss carry for that we're trying to use up. So now the amount of cash flow that we need to build your cash reserve, we can do it using that strategy at a zero tax hit. Mm-hmm. And there's really we could do that for a long, long time. So now what we're doing. So now what we're saying is, OK, so let's do in this year. You know, let's, you know, let's instead of just taking money out of the IRA and putting your checking account, let's do the Roth conversion because now that's putting it in a better place for him and his kids. And let's build up his cash reserve using the capital loss carry forward Mm. and locking in capital gains on overweighted positions. He liked that idea. It's a win for him. It's a win for his family if something happens. Okay. And so he starts utilize. So so that's now the plan that we're implementing. A little bit better than what his current thinking was. And now we've got everyone on board. The CPA, 
you know, we've had conversations with. So now he knows what we're doing. The investment advisor knows what we're doing. Um, you know, and now the, the, the daughter and son know what we're doing. And now he feels much more comfortable mm -hmm. because now he's saying, yeah, that is the piece, Mark, I was missing. I didn't think it through. Right. Well, sometimes that's a great example of you think things are okay or they think they're fine, but they could be so much better and you don't know what you don't know and you could be missing opportunities. And that's what we're about is focusing on what's best for our client here at the estate planning team. If you want to take advantage of a free consultation, remember we're doing them by phone or in person, whatever you're most comfortable with. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440 440- 239-2090. Leave a message. We will get back to you on Monday morning or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And remember, we've been around more than 35 years and there are plenty of opportunities that people may be missing out on. And don't forget, um, I know, Mark, we're going to run out of time and you'll have to talk about some things. We already have more of this stuff to talk about next week is that the underutilized assets. You know, I've been talking over the weeks this summer, this summer about using opportunities and, you know, getting in force illustrations for our clients, looking at annuity opportunities and I'm happy to say there was another case where a client, you know, they were able to, they got an old life insurance policy because she's had it since the exemption was 600000 It was passage. And at the time it was a good deal and nobody ever looked at it before. And she was able to pay, reduce the premium by $2,000 a year. It was coming due in July. We got an in-force illustration. It was still lasting the same amount of time. Um, but because of internal values and she still wanted the death benefit, but instead of trying to raise more money, she was able, that really helped with some of her cash flow issues. And that's 2000 each and every year. And she's in very good health. You know, that could be a, a significant cumulative savings. Sometimes that savings is just looking at what you have and can you, you know, save more money. So it's looking at all opportunities available. Um, and that's what we do with the estate planning team. All right, Gary. Yeah, so we only have a couple minutes left. Um, one of the other tax-free wrappers that I mentioned briefly is the health savings account. And we don't think there's enough people utilizing those and looking for the opportunity there. Um, and one of the things is, you know, you have to be in a high-deductible health care plan, right, Gary? Mm -hmm. And I don't have time to define all that. Talk to your people. Coordination of advisors. I can't stress it enough. That's when we're talking to the insurance agent, right? right. To make sure, you know, does your the insurance plan you're in, does it qualify so you can have the opportunity of funding a health savings account? And they're limited, so you have to talk, make sure your CPA, you know, you know the limits. So, for example, if you're in a single plan for 2020, um, you know, it's $3,550 um, for a family plan, $7,100. But there's a catch-up, right? Mm -hmm. And the catch-up is $1,000. And one of the things that we've, what a lot of people understand is that, so if you're in a family plan, that's 7100 right, Carrie? Okay. And let's say you're, you know, you have the catch-up over 55, so you can do an extra 1000 But your spouse, if they are also over the 55, right, mm -hmm. and they're... They can do a thousand into your plan, is or you know they can do another thousand. So really, where most people think that the maximum you could put in is eighty one hundred, right? It actually may be ninety one hundred. Hmm. You got to cross the t's and dot the i's. Uh, running out of time, I'll spend more time on that. But these are things you want to be asking about with your other advisors. All right, call the estate planning team for a free consultation or for more information at four four zero. 239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.